Hey, everyone. It's a beautiful Friday. Well, it's beautiful for me on a Friday. I don't know about the other three guys. Uh, don't, adjust your, don't adjust your YouTube. This is not a backdrop. This is legit. I mean, they stop us. Zihuatanejo, Mexico uh, on vacation. But you know what? I could not walk away from my fellas. We got Reggie Wilson. We got Luke Inman. That's Sam Ekstrom. I'm Ron Johnson. This is Locked On Sports Minnesota. And this is the Friday Roundtable. And this is also powered by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. I know everybody was excited about the Super Bowl parlays. Basketball season is upon us. All-Star game is up. 21 games left. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Brian Flores, though, as the new Vikings defensive coordinator. That's the moment everybody's been waiting for. So much speculation about how long he'll be here. But let's jump into this. Luke, we Brian Flores now in Minnesota. What are your thoughts on that? And What's going to change with this defense? Yeah, I think when you look at this defense, and obviously we're going to talk a lot about free agency, the issues with their salary cap. Will they keep a lot of these core guys? I think they will. You're going to see this front office do everything they can to keep as many of these veterans as humanly possible. Doesn't mean they won't try to restructure the majority of them, clear as much cap space as they can. And I think that mindset stems more from the instant success they had last season than it does with bringing in Flores, honestly. You got to remember, they had every chance to blow this thing up last offseason and they didn't they wanted to stay competitive and it worked they won 13 games so now after all that you're telling me they're just going to start cutting key players left and right I don't think so I think they're going to double down they're going to run this thing back best they can because they've seen it can work and they're trusting this process they started out with and assuming now with the second year under this KOC system they think now that there's no reason they can't duplicate the same success as long as they bring back the same core of guys and I think Flores really only helped that kind of win now mentality because of all the defensive coordinators that were out there he had by far one of the best resumes and most experience in the league and as a veteran coach himself in this league he's gonna do everything he can to pound the table and just bring these big name veterans back sam, sorry you missed it three times you <laughs> had to get buzzed uh <laughs> sam when you look at this veteran defense as luke was alluding to um does this mean a new change is brian flores gonna kind of clean not clean house but try to get guys that fit his scheme or will he try to talk to some of the veterans he knows on this team and see if they can put round pegs and round holes compared to last year's square square peg round hole in my opinion with the three four and daniel hunter what are your thoughts on that yeah so uh, i'm curious to get reggie's take after after me because i sat next to reggie at the press conference two days ago and we both heard brian flores reggie and to me this sounds like a short-term marriage with the Vikings. He didn't say it directly, but you get the impression that he's going to look for head coaching opportunities when they come up. Now, knowing that this is probably a one-year relationship, if they told Brian Flores in the interview process, hey, Brian, we're cleaning house. We're going to go young. We're going to get a bunch of rookies in. We're going to go cheap on defense. Do you think that he would have been as inclined to take this job versus pursuing other head coaching opportunities, which he had in Arizona? I think the answer is no. I think that Brian Flores sees this roster and what's going to intrigue him more, playing with a bunch of unproven rookies or getting to work with Daniil Hunter, Eric Kendricks, Harrison Smith. I, I get the feeling that Brian Flores' presence is going to incentivize the Vikings to keep those veterans, and I'm sure Flores would prefer to work with them as well. Um, they were mostly underutilized last year. Harrison Smith wasn't utilized well. 
Neither was Eric Kendricks. He was put in a lot of bad spots. Um, I'm not saying they'll all be back, but I think that Flores' presence means it's more likely that these vets are mostly uh, still intact with this team. Yeah, Reggie, what are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, um, it was funny, Sam, because he did say that part of the reason why the job was intriguing to him was because of who they had on defense. And so, you know, they didn't say it, Sam, but I feel like, you know, because they didn't want to be disrespectful to Ed Donatel, but I feel like it was more so like, look, man, this scheme was not it. It wasn't it. If we change up this scheme, I think we'll be better off. And so, you know, it was funny listening to him, you know, when he was asked 3-4 or 4-3, he was like, well, who are we playing? You know, like, <laughs> let, let's let's start there. And so I think what's going to be, like, different this year is that he said that he and KLC aligned philosophically. KLC likes to be aggressive on offense, and he feels like he can match that same aggressiveness on defense. And he's got the guys to do it. I know they're up against it with the cap and things like that, but I think they're going to try to run it back with some of the guys that they have with the idea that with a different scheme and putting players in better positions that they will succeed better than they did last year. Because you saw things last year, they were all out of place at times, like just behind, just absolutely fooled out there, just weren't as disciplined as maybe you saw under Zimmer. And I think Flores is going to instill some of that. But like you said, Sam, like, man, this dude probably gets them to middle of the pack. I mean, top 10 will be amazing, but he's out of there <laughs> after this season. He's out of there. But this is where I look at it, Sam, uh, and I'm going to go – I agree with that, but I also agree with what Reggie said too. Who are we playing? And so if you think about over and under fronts, over and under fronts, and I'm not going to go too deep into it. This is not one of those break-down-the-film shows. But you're literally just shading the center. So you decide, are we going to shade the center? We're going to shade the guards. Most 3-4 or 4-3 linebackers love when you shade the guards because they can't get to the second level in the run game. So I think Brian Flores is going to look at who he has on this front when you think about the front four. Think about the Eagles' front four. Think about the Chiefs' front four. They were absolutely chaotic when it came to creating havoc on other teams' defenses. And I think that's where Brian Flores is going to start. He's going to say, what does my front four look like, and who are we playing? If we're playing the passing team, I'll probably go with some kind of 3-4 stunt, bring a nickel in, go three down, three linebackers. I got to have five DBs on the field because we're going against a team like this. But if they're going against like the Tennessee Titans, he's going to try to run a bare front. He's going to put five guys up on the line of scrimmage, three down linemen, both linebackers, Daniil and Zadarius up. And then you just got two linebackers that are going to fill those gaps to, to take care of Derrick Henry. So I think Brian Flores is smart. When you look at the Steelers, they did a great job of it. They were up and down at times. But I, I, I think, you know, you look at the, the, the Dolphins, same thing. He changed the 2019 all the way to 2021 they got better in every facet of the game so i think that's where they're going to go with this but fellas i want everybody to know at home you can download the locked on sports minnesota app just go to your amazon fire your roku tv just search locked on sports minnesota it'll come right there up on your screen you'll have this beautiful backdrop just take a screenshot take a screenshot let me get out the way screenshot that and now you have that on your tv that's your backdrop at home but we also have a word from our sponsors Thanks, Ron. Uh, NFL season is over. We're very sad about it, but you know what? NBA season is here, and you can download FanDuel, the easy-to-use, safe, secure app. 
and you can get in on the action as the NBA season hits the all-star break, gets into the playoff push. It's FanDuel, America's number one sports book. FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. I was messing around with FanDuel last night, put together a Wolves parlay. I'll tell you how that went later in the show. But head to FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on for your no-sweat first bet when you sign up for the first time. Get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Well, fellas, 21 games left in the season. The All-Star break is upon us. I just got a chance to see Javen Hunter, dad of Jaden Ivey, uh, one of my teammates with the Baltimore Ravens. I remember holding Jaden Ivey in my hands when he was first born. He was a newborn baby, kind of like Mel Blunt. Felt with me when I was a baby, I guess. I was 11 pounds, though. Jaden wasn't that big. But now I see Jaden out there at the All-Star game. I think he's in, like, the Rookie Probably Challenge or something. I don't know if he's an All-Star. I haven't really dug into that yet, but I did see videos of him pulling up to the uh, All-Star game with his pops. And the Timberwolves are in the eighth place behind – or, sorry, in front of the Warriors in ninth place. In my opinion, the Warriors are the scariest ninth place team because I don't want to play them in a plan. You play the Warriors in a plan, you're out. Like, let's just – I'm going to be real. That's my opinion. If you have to play the Warriors in a plan – you're done. You're done. You're it's over. No more Pat Bev standing up throwing champagne and you're done. Steph Curry in a do or die. He's going to do or die you to death for the three pointer. I'll start with you, Luke. 21 games left. What where do the Timberwolves finish? Right. Timberwolves got a tough schedule, man. Only eight of those remaining games are at home. And, you know, right now they're still the same wildly inconsistent game to game, quarter to quarter team. They're up 20 last night in the first quarter. Continue to find ways to just give these games away. And when it comes to where they're going to finish in the West, I think it really just comes down to the timing of when and if they even get cat back. And not just that. But when he does come back, how long does it take for them to gel together, find their rhythm and chemistry and consistency again? Cat's an all-star player. We know that. But it could take 10 games for them to figure out how to make it all work again. And unfortunately, they just don't have that luxury this late in the season. Ultimately, I'm going to say somewhere in that 7-9 to nine range when it's all said and done. Because this West is so muddied. It's so jam-packed right now. There's just not a lot of room for error. Any type of little losing streak during any part of the second half is going to be so detrimental to their playoff seeding. The talent is there. We've seen that. They just need to put it all together and be consistent, one cohesive unit for once. But time's running out. I'll say the eighth seed if you're making me pick, but this could go either way right now, Ron. Yeah, when you look at it, Sam and Reggie, you got the Timberwolves in eighth seed. They're 11 games behind first place, basically tied with the Pelicans for the seventh seed. The Pelicans uh, lost less games, so it's going to catch up. They're gonna It's going to fix itself 30 and 29 versus 31 and 30. But you got the Mavericks, who got better, and they're in the sixth seed. You got the Suns who got godly better when they added Kevin Durant. They're in the and they didn't have to give up anything really. And they're the now the 5th seed. You got the Clippers who got the claw. You got the Kings, you got the Grizzlies who we kind of know what they're going to be. They're annoying. And then you got the Nuggets in the first uh place. I don't really see the the Timberwolves jumping a lot of these teams, especially the Suns, unless the Suns all of a sudden melt down, but I feel like Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are the guy. So Sam, when you look at all of that in the West, now because the East now becomes the easy seed again back like back when LeBron was in the east and it was super easy lebron goes to the west now the west gets tougher now he's like oh my god i, I got away from the east now the west followed me so sam when you think about that do the timberwolves even make the play in at this point yeah they, they will make the play in because if you look at the teams that are chasing play-in status right now you've got the jazz who are half a game back and the jazz mm -hmm. have, 
have traded everything. They're going full tank mode. They don't want to make the playoffs. They never wanted to make the playoffs. <laughs> the Jazz are going to fall out. Um, Dame Lillard has no supporting cast. Now, he could get hot and he could carry a team to a run. He's that good. But Portland is not a legitimate threat. And then you've got the, the Los Angeles fighting D'Angelo Russells. Can D'Angelo Russell be the catalyst on that team? They are playing better. They, they beat New Orleans the other night. But I think the Wolves make the play-in. But, Ron, you laid it out well. The teams that are in the top six are all the teams that sign stars. Irving, Durant, Clippers already had stars. And, guys, the Timberwolves cannot stop shooting themselves in the foot. I'm sure you watched last night's game. 20-plus point lead. They choke it away against a very mediocre Washington team. Mike Conley with a goose egg. That cost me my uh, my no-sweat first bet, by the way. It was <laughs> ugly over at, uh, at Target Center. Not great for the Timberwolves. There's the thing about the Wizards, though. I don't think they ever fear the Timberwolves because they have the same schedule theoretically. Like, they're the ninth seed of the East. So they're like, this is technically the ninth seed of the West because the Warriors are better than the Timberwolves. So I think they're looking like we're the same team. We can beat these guys. And so even being down – um, I just thought with Anthony Edwards going for 18 in the first quarter, he should have finished with 60. Like, he should have had an 81 point. This should have been his 81 point Kobe <laughs> Bryant swan song before the, before the All-Star game to go big. Forget you to the All-Star committee for not putting me in. I just put up 81. Uh, but for some reason, kind of slowed down. And you're right. It was, it, they got shot in the foot. Mike Conley missed some easy ones. Uh, but Reggie. AC, 9C, 10C, like I said, the Jazz are at 11th, so they're technically tanking. I personally feel like the fighting D'Angelo Russells and LeBron James might have a chance to get that 10th seed and maybe, you know, make a push in 21 games where they get hot. What are your thoughts on that, Reggie? Yeah, the national discourse, I was going to tweet it, but I was just like, I'm kind of bashing my, my own team. I, you know, I'm a Lakers fan. They won that one game the other day against the Pelicans, and it was a nice win. But good Lord, Sports Center first take, PTI, around the horn. Are the Lakers now going to make a run towards the playoffs? Like, they just won one game, and they look fine doing it. It, it, it was they, they were just fine. What, what's interesting, though, is now with the Lakers having D-Low and them seemingly having some chemistry together, which is just crazy, they probably are fighting with the Timberwolves for – some of those last spots, like they're probably going to be playing with each other. And so I think last night I tweeted like the Timberwolves are such an unserious team because you don't last night was brutal. You had a 20 point lead and you just saw the things just milk away slowly, but surely just milk away. And they're playing well and playing well without Cat. And so it's like, I want to say that Cat would have been the difference in them just being able to get up and stay up. But we've seen some epic collapses with Cat in these games as well. So I'm not really sure, like, how to judge this Timberwolves team right now. Like, I want to believe in them. I want to believe that they'll be able to make the playoffs and make a run. But, like, they just keep having these inconsistent, inconsistent stretches that make you just – Scratch your head, like, what are they doing? Like, what's going on? That thing last night, Kuzma hits that crazy three. And then Bill hits the three. And you're like, wow. They really are about to lose this. Going into the uh, the all-star break like this, they're really about to do this. And so I don't really know what to think about the Wolves. I do think that they will be in that position, in that playing position again. But I don't know if they'll advance to the playoffs like they did last year.
Yeah, and so when you think about, like, because I always have to look at the play-in game, and it always throws me off. Um, but 9-10, the winner will play the loser of the 7-8 game. And so 7-8 and eight can flip-flop. And then 8 has to then play 9-10 to get into the playoffs. So I don't think you – I mean, that, that's, that's where the Timberwolves are going to be. They're going to be in the play-in game. And theoretically, I mean, I don't know if you want that. And so my opinion, so if they have to play the Pelicans in a one-game chance, now granted, the Pelicans can be pissed off. I do think they can beat the Pelicans. And I think that's that's my take for them. You have to beat the Pelicans because you don't want – because the Warriors are going to thump the Thunder. They're going to thump them. And you don't want to play the Warriors. You don't. I'm, I hate to say it. Like, the Splash Brothers are splashy. And Draymond Green is a bully when it comes to the playoffs because he knows, like, look, I can't get too many techs now to be suspended for the rest of the year, so I'm going to go all out. Like, I know my tech limit, and he's going to push that envelope, and he's always doing I mean, He punched LeBron in the groin. Uh, he's kicked somebody. Like, I mean, that the dude is just a he's, a he's a he's a menace. And so you don't want the Warriors. And I think that's the key because then that eighth seed, now if the Timberwolves can get that seven, the eighth seed becomes the Warriors. The Warriors, in my opinion, and I hate to say it, I think this could be the year where the Warriors, if they're the eight, they beat the Nuggets at the one. Like, I just do. I think Ooh. the Warriors can beat the Nuggets in a seven-game series. I just – I think they have more shooting power. I think they they nullify their bigs with the Nuggets because you're going to have to come out on the perimeter and guard Steph in that pick and roll and pick and shoot. They're, they're, like, Jokic, great, great, great talent. I just don't like him on the perimeter versus Steph. And so if the Nuggets can't figure out how to nullify that, they're screwed. Now, again, vice versa, though, the Warriors, I don't think, have anything that can guard him. So, But I'd love to see that eight. I don't want to see the Timberwolves versus Nuggets. That's not going to be fun. Uh, that'll be another year of like, oh, yep, we made the playoffs. And, oh, yep, we're lost. And, oh, yeah, we got a mediocre pick. Uh, but we got to move on, fellas. The Twins. The Twins are now reporting to camp. Are the fans excited? I mean, do the fans care? I see some tweets. I see negative plus positive tweets. They got Correa back. Who cares? Who's the pitcher? They didn't get any big-time pitchers. Justin Verlander doesn't want to come to Minnesota because Kate Upton. That's who he's dating, right? Kate Upton? Is that her? Yes. Okay. I know there's so many Kate Uptons and Kate Bosleys. I don't know who these girls are. But she doesn't want to come to Minnesota. Mall America wasn't enough for her, so he didn't want to come here. So when you look at the pitching of the Twins, like there's no big name quote-unquote pitcher that people can be scared of. Reggie, I'll start with you. Our fan, like Care 11, like are you guys, I know you guys are, you've got your, pul- your, your thumb on the pulse of the Twins world. Are fans excited about this Twin season? Yeah, I think so. Uh, we'll actually be down there in Fort Myers next week uh, for spring training for a couple days. So we'll kind of be on the ground and get the pulse there. But look, they traded Luisa Rice <laughs> and they got Pablo in that trade. And I think they're really excited about him. I think what people don't really count too much, if they're not, if they're like a novice, you know, the, the fans know they got Kenta Maeda coming back. That's going to be good for them. Uh, Bailey Ober is going to be challenging for uh, one of those spots. They got Tyler Malley back. He said that he feels good. He's healthy coming into this season. I think when you say who's going to pitch, they have the guys. It's just the whole, like, can they stay healthy thing? You got Sonny Gray. He's had injuries. Like, there, there are guys there that can do work, that that can help this team, that can complement the bats that they've added as well. But it's just a matter of health. 
And that's been the biggest thing. Like you see guys, you know, Kenta Maeda's coming off this Tommy John surgery. You see guys like sometimes they struggle. Sometimes they they're they're struggling to get command. But I mean, he's missed the the better part of the past like two seasons. So you would hope that he's back and ready to go. And so I think there is a level of optimism about what this twins team can be. You know, before they signed Correa, it was like, oh man, here we go. They're just going to, you know, be middle of the road. But now that they did sign Correa back, there's an expectation there that they're going to be some dudes. And so I think that's where the excitement lies in the fans. Luke, what you got? Reggie's right. Like, it's easy to forget. This team was in first place almost the entire first half of the season until injuries just destroyed their roster. So the big difference this time around, this team's built for the long haul now. They've got depth at multiple positions, including that pitching staff. They built a roster that can just compete through injuries and survive the long grueling gauntlet of 162 game season and they just didn't have that last year and knowing that they did have so much early success in 2022 before the injuries I think fans should be excited about their outlook heading into this year especially with Correa and Buxton back fully healthy and that's the key can Byron Buxton ever give you say 120 games in a season because he's a top five player in the league when he's on the field absolute game changer he's truly special but this twins team will only go as far as he does and the problem is fans have been burned by him too many times by that but if we could just you know Ron hop into the DeLorean like he likes to say look into the future if we knew Buxton and Correa were going to play even just 120 games together I think fans would be ecstatic about this season because they know the twins would have a real shot at winning the AL Central with those two in the lineup night in and night out Sam yeah, you know how Kevin O'Connell always got up to the podium and he would say, hey, good job to Tyler and Uriah, our training staff, for getting our guys healthy this week. Can we get Tyler and Uriah with the Twins? <laughs> we, we, need, we need a training staff that can keep these pitchers' arms in health and these <laughs> position players' legs in bubble wrap because Reggie pointed it out, this is all on paper. Yes, the, the roster is good on paper, You've got some some nice pieces, but I've got n absolutely no faith that it's going to stay that way because this entire core, they all have injury red flags to me. Um, and I also look at this pitching staff and I say to myself, all right, well, you've got you've got your starting staff and that's nice. But number one, th this coaching staff doesn't let the starters go beyond the sixth inning anyway. And what have they done to fix the bullpen? Nothing. I don't see any any other pieces in the bullpen that really um, fascinate me or get me to buy in. It's still the same. It's Jax. It's Thielbar. Duran is very good. But then it's Alcala. It's Trevor McGill. It's the same same names as last year. And what happens when they get hurt? Then you're plumbing the depths of your minor league system again for more bullpen arms. So I'm, I'm skeptical. I'm going to need to see it to believe it. It's a long ways since the Bomba Squad of 2019, guys. And uh, I, I'm going to need to see some proof of concept before I really buy in. Speaking of Bomba Squad, I, I mean, I think I'm good. I don't need a Bomba Juice. I think they were trying to bring me drinks. I'm good. Uh, it's only it's only 918. I can't start drinking just yet. But this is why I'm going to give the points. I'm going to give points to Reggie because Reggie hit on the head. When you look at the power rankings for the MLB, early power rankings, this is what they said. They said, I love that the Twins were able to scoop in and retain Carlos Correa, but the rotation is a house of cards. There is certainly potential for a good year, but 
how it holds up determines their success this season. So I got to give a thousand points. Well, pesos. I give a thousand pesos to uh, Reggie. <laughs> you know, speaking of, you know what? Like I went and, and exchanged money. I didn't realize how much the exchange rate, like how many dollars and pieces of money they give you. Like it feels like Monopoly money because they gave me like 27,000 pesos. And I was like, oh, crap. That's, I, I exchanged too much too soon. So I've been feeling real rich because I'm like, you yeah. know, I got 27,000 pesos in my pocket. I'm just walking around. My daughter's like, oh, dad, can I get this hat? Sure. Here you go. Here, Here's 200 pesos. Like, go ahead and get that hat. Like, you know, it's just, it's throwing me off. So I told my wife, I'm like, we got to put some money in the safe because I, got, I, got, I can't just walk around with it because I'm going to spend it because it just it doesn't feel real. It feels like fake money. But so I'm going to give the pesos to Reggie. But here's where I'm going to go with mine real quick. I agree with, with that. Like, I think it's all about health. I don't know who – uh, Kirk Schilling went to because he could pitch with bloody legs. So I don't know if they need to go find Kirk Schilling's trainer. Um, Barry Bonds never got hurt. So maybe Barry Bonds is trainer and Mark McGuire. I don't ever remember Mark McGuire being hurt. So especially late in the season. So I don't know who trained those three, but the twins need to look into it. Uh, there's got to be a way. I mean, DeLorean, I agree. Luke, I give you 50 pesos for that one, Luke, the DeLorean reference. Uh, because, yeah, I think we need to go back to time and figure out what did Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire do to stay healthy? Because if the Twins can stay healthy, as they put, and so looking at the power rankings, come on, the, the power rankings right now: Astros <laughs> one. What? They can't go back into time. I'm a You're Cardinals Astros. fan. They were, they were juicing. They were. Yeah, juicing. man. Come on, dude. Come they on. weren't juicing, were they? What? I don't know. We we, we can't speculate. That yeah, legally, do we know that legally? We I'm not saying that, that they, they were, that. but. Come hey, on, young man. young thug is in jail right now because people are lying on him. So you know what? I don't. <laughs> I don't want to believe. <laughs> I don't want to believe anything until I until I hear it from Mark McGuire himself. Hey, that man just worked out really hard. But here, here's the power rankings right now: Astros, of course, they start off at one. Padres, Braves, Yankees, of course, Mets, Dodgers, Blue Jays, Rays, Phillies, Mariners, Cardinals. There you go, Reggie. Brewers, Guardians, Guardians are 13th. Red Sox, Rangers, and then they do have the Twins at 16th right now. In the power rankings, Carlos Correa did help them out. So when you look at playoffs, when you look at – and they, they have them as a 78 and 84 team. Um, I personally think they can get to 90 wins, but it's, again, it's health. And I think that's going to be the key this season. We'll keep an eye on that. The parlays for baseball are going to get really weird, but it's going to be fun because you can do a ton of parlays with, like, this guy's going to hit a run this week. This guy's going to hit a run. This guy, you know, like, you can do a bunch of home run guys and see if your parlays hit. It's not 2019, Sam. The parlays for the Bomba squad probably would have been really nice for their home run groups. But we have to move on. Also, people, remember, you we are a proud partner of Care11. Just go to care11.com backslash locked on. You get all of our videos, all of our shows. You can see all of the interviews we've done on the Ron Johnson show. You can see all of the arguments on the football party. You might see Luke Inman laugh at Luke Bryan for putting on a silver hat of some sort. I don't know if the tinfoil hat's ever coming back. But you got to check that out. Um, but we have a word for our sponsors. Thanks, Ron. Uh, let me tell you about Built Bar, a delicious treat without all the fat and calories. You got to try these Built Bars. They are healthy. They are tasty. They are delicious. They are covered in 100% real chocolate. There's no reason not to load up on Built Bars when they have flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. And they are so accessible, you guys. If you're going on a vacation to Zuatanejo, Mexico, and you need to, you know, load up your travel bag with some treats for the plane, you might want to go get some Built Bars, uh, and you can do so in-store at Walmart or Sam's Club. Go to the pharmacy section, get the four-bar box, 13-bar box with some delicious 100% real chocolate flavors. 
Or you can go to built.com, promo code LOCKDOWN15 for 15% off. Built Bars, you can thank me later. And I'll give you guys a tip, too. So I've been working out a ton, people. For those at home, fasted cardio in the morning. Just check out Greg Jennings' Instagram. He'll explain it. Fasted cardio in the morning. So get up. Don't eat anything. Maybe just some water. Work out hard. Built Bar will feel so much better after you do that. One, your hunger is going to be skyrocketed, but all of that fat from the night before is going to burn off with the fasted cardio. So if you're looking for a tip on how to take the Built Bar, that's the best way to do it as a morning treat after you get your cardio in for a good 30 to 45 minutes. I'm going to get my four and a half to five miles in on this beach down here. It's, it's almost 80 degrees, so it's going to be a hot run. Hey, but I'm going to do my Baywatch at the end when I when I come back. be like Baywatch. <laughs> In slow motion, just <laughs> so fellas, we gotta <laughs> we gotta talk about Tiger Woods. I was out there golfing yesterday. You, you, you can't really see it, but the golf course is kind of behind me. It wraps around this whole resort. Um, but we were when we were done, we sat down in the clubhouse, had a couple cervezas, uh, had a had a little nacho, some guac. The guac down here, by the way, is fresh. It's oh. awesome. Mm. The best avocado and salsa. Oh man, it's it's. it's Can perfect. you stop flexing on us, please? I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just so fresh, though. The guacamole oh, is so gosh. fresh down here because they get the they get it here. Mm. Avocados from Mexico. We saw the Super Bowl commercial. The avocados are here. I mean, I haven't seen Adam and Eve butt naked with avocados yet, but I, mean, I know. <laughs> Speaking of Super Bowl commercials that were weird, like I know, that was I know super weird, super weird. My my daughter, she's like, wait, what? That, that doesn't seem right to have Adam and Eve butt naked with avocados. But hey, hey, I get it. So when you look, <laughs> that derailed fast. That, but when you, <laughs> we thought the halftime show was edgy, but then you get the avocado commercials. It was edgy. Uh, when you think about being at the golf course, we watched Tiger Woods and just. Every single golfer, no matter where they were from, Oregon, we got people here from Cincinnati, we got Minnesota, we got Iowa. Unfortunately, they're here because I see them with their Hawkeyes T-shirts out there. I want to burn them all. Um, you got Badgers out here. Everybody was captivated watching Tiger Woods on the screen, whether he was just warming up, whether it was old videos of Tiger where they were showing him in the red shirt doing the fist pump after it dropped late. Tiger Woods is captivating. So I start with you, Luke. Is Tiger good for golf, and is everybody excited to watch him golf this weekend? Yeah, I mean, there's just not many athletes that are transcendent and change the sport they played in and make folks just stop what they're doing and watch every time they're out there. The list is short. I mean, you got, what, MJ, Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson, Wayne Gretzky, Tom Brady, maybe going back to Jim Brown, Jesse Owens, but Tiger's on that list. He changed the yep. entire game of golf and the way we just view it as a culture forever. And I know he's not the same Tiger that we're used to anymore. He'll probably never catch up to Jack Nicholas at this point like we thought he could. But he's still a player who transcended how we view the game of golf with what he brought to the sport. And I know he's, what, 47? He's lost a little bit of the magic, a little bit of the juice. But the dude still knows how to play golf, period. Like, he just didn't forget how to swing a club. And at the end of the day, anyone who's played golf before, and Ron, you just probably experienced this yesterday out at the course, golf is still all about putting and short game. And when Tiger was at his best, no one in the world was a better putter than Tiger when he was in that zone. And if he can ever just get that part of his game back again, then watch out. But whether he does that or not, people are always going to stop and just watch whenever he's on the course because he's Tiger. And golf just may never have another player like Tiger Woods ever again. Reggie, what you got? Yeah, man, it's so funny because I think you guys would agree. Well, maybe not Sam because – you're you're up at the border of Canada right now, but <laughs> the NFL is probably the most popular sport that we have. Like 
is probably unquestioned except by Sam. But they interrupted NFL Live yesterday to let people know that Tiger was out there. They're like, hey, if you want to watch Tiger, turn it over to ESPN Plus right now. They, they, they got Tiger over there. And it's funny because it's like you're like detracting eyes from one of your marquee shows. I think NFL Live is probably the best show on ESPN. Like they do it really well. I enjoy watching the show. But they're like, hey, if you don't want to hear us talk about the most popular sport in the world, how about watching Tiger Woods over on ESPN Plus? Go ahead and just open your computer up and just divert your eyes because it's Tiger. And it's just funny because, like, even the people in the media, the people who are controlling, you know, the the what we watch, even they are excited enough to tell us about how Tiger Woods is over over here. And so he's just kind of transcended everything. Everybody just stops what they're doing. That You know, it, it's so cool seeing when he's walking <laughs> on the course and he's got this big following just right behind him. It, it's just kind of crazy to watch that. And we don't really have another, I think, like you said, Luke, Tom Brady maybe, but like where we just are like, oh, wait, like, Oh, I think uh, I think my kids are swimming, but uh, they'll, they'll be okay in the water. There's a lifeguard in there. I got to turn this on. Like, it's different. It's different with Tiger. Sam. So, what do I have on my screen right now, fellas? Golf. This is Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods just teed off in round two. There's a car horn going off in the background, for which I apologize. I'm a huge golf nerd, guys. I watch every second of every major, but even me. I'm typically not interested in a non-major Thursday round. I'm checking the I'm checking the standings afterward. Yesterday, because Tiger Woods was playing, I sweated through five hours. I watched every single shot, and I was locked in on a Thursday in a non-major because it was Tiger Woods. It was awesome. He was grinding out pars, scrambling, getting up and down, and then he ends with this flourish, three birdies at the end. He is electric. He lights up the screen. Um, he makes golf so much more exciting. And honestly, it's good and bad for the game because when he's not playing, it just feels like it's less. It, you know, FanDuel make the moment more. When Tiger's not playing, the moment feels less. Um, but I'm probably going to be distracted the rest of the show because Tiger's on the course. So you'll have to deal with me. Yeah, so for me, I say yes, 100%. Like Tiger Woods, there, there's only, like I said, there's only a few golfers um, that can really captivate you. Uh, I'm trying to think of like big names. I mean, you think of like Rory McIlroy. I remember he was on the front of the video game because I used to always play the video game on Xbox, and Rory McIlroy was on the front. So he almost had us, and then he kind of fell off. Like I don't know if what it was. I don't know. Like golf is so – it's an, like elite athletes, not just golf. It's hard to sustain. So when you think about LeBron James for 20 years – being able to sustain where he's at. He gets knocked for longevity. You know, if Tiger Woods could have stayed healthy, think about what he would have done. He would have completely dominated the sport. His injuries are what set him back, and we're still watching. Luke forgot to mention one, so I'll give the points to Sam because, one, he's in a hotel room that looks like there's going to be a murderer coming out that room behind him. Uh, I don't know who watches scary movies, but every scary movie when, when, when girls are on, like, FaceTimes and all that, I always feel like you see the, the killer, like, scurry across, and all her friends are like, did you see that? 
what was that behind you? And then she just looks like casually like, oh, there's nothing there. It's like, yes, there's like, just run, run forward. Your friends all told like, I, I feel like someone's going to come out there and kill Sam. But, uh, and if he does die, that that's make for like, we would, we would have the most viral podcast ever. If, if Sam got murdered. Yeah, on, Sam, at least uh, you got Ron's points right before you went. You know what I mean? I'll like, you're good. You can sleep easy. Anything for. You, you for have the point. most viral moment of 2023. They will make a movie. <laughs> they will make a movie about our podcast. Luke, right. you'll have to come up with a good clickbait title for the show. For sure. I got you. Yeah. yeah. Um, but when you think about like Serena Williams, when her last swan song with her sister Venus, I think everybody was up late. My daughters were watching, like everybody was watching Serena. Uh, when mm-hmm. you think about the Olympics and gymnastics, everybody was watching Suni Lee. Everybody was trying to see these gymnasts and can they repeat? Like there's not a lot of that type of – and Suni Lee, honestly, I don't know if she'll ever get that again. Like she's at Auburn. I don't think people are tuning in to see Auburn. Like people are tuning in. It's, it's, it's where you are. What you're doing, like if Tiger Woods goes and plays at like Florida, Jupiter's, like whatever course, and it's like the members tournament championship and they stream it. We're not watching that. It's the moment. It's what goes along with it. It's the fact that if Tiger can be in that top, like that final cut and then we can watch his name slowly creep up, maybe. And he scares number three. And all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, my God, Tiger's number three. Like Tiger might win. You know, like it's you're right, Sam. Like, who cares about some of these non-majors unless Tiger's playing? And I think the PGA knows that. And that's why they've been, like, clamoring, like, what do we need to do to get you back? Like, how much do you need for an appearance fee? Like, what kind of pro-am do you need the day before? Like, what can we do? to? Because his, his practice round, if you watch the pictures of the people that just want to see Tiger take a swing and talk to people – I mean, oh my God, like it, it's nothing like that. Like, like literally there's nothing like, it. it's like if, if Jordan say, you know what, screw this. I'm coming back for one season to play with LeBron. Like that would, that would be the only thing I could see that would be bigger than Tiger Woods. Like if Jordan came back and said, I'm going to play with LeBron. Cause I know I don't have to do anything, but pass this man, the ball and scare everybody. That's where Tiger Woods is right now with golf. Um, we're going to have a fun one, fellas. This last one, we're going to do a draft. The XFL season is upon us. We know that the XFL has sent a few players, handful of players to the NFL. We know that there are some top uh, scouts. We know there's some top players. Uh, A.J. McCarron. You got Martavius Bryant. You got Josh Gordon, which hopefully he can stay healthy the entire season. And when I mean healthy, he can lay off the weed. I don't know if the XFL has weed issues, though. Maybe they say you can smoke legal amounts like the NFL is allowing now, and maybe that will help Josh Gordon. Um, but there's some some intriguing players out there in the XFL. So when you think about that, when you think about this, we're going to make a draft. And, and Sam, explain the rules. What were we going to do? Yep. All right. So there's eight teams in the XFL. We are going to do a little snake draft, and we're each going to get two teams that we draft. We're going to follow those okay. teams all year. And at the end of the year, we'll tally up their records, and we'll see who picked the better teams. Um, so why don't we okay. start? I did a random draw. We'll start with Reggie, and we'll go around the circle, and then reverse. So we each get two teams. I know nothing about them except their names. Maybe the head coach, um, but I think I think we uh, I think we all know who Reggie's going to take number one. At least I've got an idea. Reggie, you want to kick things off? The St. Louis Battlehawks. Ah, ah, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Selling out the, the second dome. pick in the XFL draft. I'm gonna take the DC Defenders. Ooh, Greg Williams that was philosophy mine. type of Dang. Greg okay. Williams philosophy defense. The DC Defenders. All right, give me the Renegades. Arlington Renegades. Hold on, I gotta write these down. So Reggie, 
on St. Louis. Ron took the defenders. Luke takes the renegades. Now I want Wade Phillips team. Oh, I was the hoping Houston do Roughnecks. That. Now mm. I also get the next pick in the draft going back. Um, just because I love the nickname, the Seattle Sea Dragons. Uh, the Sea Dragons. I love that's it. That's where Josh Gordon I was going to take the Sea Dragons because of Josh Gordon. Like, I feel like that's a team that's going to air it out to him early and see what he can do. He's an athletic freak, so that's a great pick, Sam. Mm, thank you. Let's go with San Antonio. Uh, the Brahmas. San Antonio. Well, you know what? The fact that I want to go see my team play – and I think Locked On can make this happen for us all as a group. We need to do a show from this team's home game, the Las Vegas Vipers. I'm going with the Las Vegas Vipers because I think we need to have a paid vacation trip, work trip, to see the Las Vegas Vipers play. We need to cover them, talk about them in Vegas, make it happen, Locked On. Let's do it. What you got, Reggie? What's your last one? I mean, I guess by default, I, I take the Orlando team, I guess. Yeah, you're stuck with them. You don't sound too excited about that. No, I mean, I'm not really. Who are the, who's their coach? Terrell Buckley. Okay. Stud. Stud <laughs> Terrell Buckley. Love yeah. it. All 13 right. year NFL vet. Let's go. Beautiful. Yeah, whatever, Luke. <laughs> hey, you got St. Louis, man. You're good. Okay. Not your number one All pick. Right. All right. Fine. And yeah, and so, you know, when I looked at that pick for Orlando, even, I mean, I'm going down to Orlando. I'll be at Disney World. So maybe I'll be able to check out the Orlando team as well. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm writing off a lot of trips this year. Like, I get to cover the Orlando XFL team and write that off. I'm getting to Vegas at some point. I'm writing that one off. Like, I'm, Mexico needs to get a team. Like, we need to put an XFL team down here in Mexico because that would just make it all perfect. I can write. But, I mean, hey, I'm, I'm doing the podcast from Mexico, so this trip is now written off. This was a work trip for me. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate everybody for watching, tuning in at home. I got to give the final points, though. Reggie picked some great quarterbacks, Francois, and then also A.J. McCarron, as I brought up. A.J. McCarron, uh, that, that's going to be one for when you look at St. Louis and you think about what leads a team to a championship. Defense and quarterbacks. That's why the D.C. Defenders defense. You look at Wade Phillips as well, and then you also look at AJ McCarron. I think that's going to be the one. Orlando, hold up, those... hold up, hold up. You're going to bring up XFL quarterbacks and not talk about the GOAT, the legend, Kyle Sloter and the Arlington <laughs> Renegades? Yep, Luke, and that was great. Yep, Kyle Sloter, you're right. Like, he is a great quarterback. He is a Minnesota Viking. He's a friend of our show. We've had him on. So, yep, but, I mean, he's a runner. But AJ McCarron, to me, is a pocket passer. When you look at this XFL, and you have to understand, the rules in XFL don't protect the quarterback at all. Like, they are not protected. So, Kyle Sloter, slide, baby. Just slide. Don't do it because they do not care. Like, you can put 100% of your body weight on the quarterback in the XFL, and that's why I think A.J. McCarron, when you think about a pocket passer, Alabama uh, blood. Like, you look at Tua. You look at all these Alabama quarterbacks killing it right now. I think A.J. McCarron is the front runner right now to be one of the best quarterbacks in the XFL, but we'll see. But that will do it for us on a Friday. We want to thank you. We want to thank Bilt Bar. We want to thank – uh, Locked On Sports Minnesota for continuing to support us. We, we, we are so grateful. We also want to thank, of course, FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. And I don't know if there's going to be some XFL parlays, but good luck with those. Because <laughs> who knows? Because those dudes have their own access to parlays. So if it's like, hey, this dude's supposed to score two touchdowns and we put this in our everybody's parlay, I don't know if they're going to let the XFL get involved. <laughs> I feel like that would be a 30 for 30 one day of how the XFL players got rich off themselves through parlays. 
But I'm Ron Johnson. That's Luke Inman. That's Reggie Wilson. That's Sam Ekstrom. I want to thank you and have a great day. And thank goodness, Sam, you didn't get murdered throughout the show. <laughs>